when you get out on the water, everything else falls away. You forget about the life and person and identity you have on land and become incredibly present in the moment. This is the Adventure Sports Podcast, brought to you by 180TAC. Get out there and have some fun. Episode 104, Kai Delaney, single parent, Virgin Island, adventure sailing. Hello and welcome to the Adventure Sports Podcast. This is your host, Kurt Linville. Today I have Kai Delaney with us. Kai brings us a wonderful perspective of what it is like to transition from a professional career into a focus on adventure sports, and she does a lot of different adventure sports. Our main focus of today's program is going to be on sailing, and she has a unique angle on that, too. Kai likes to refer to herself as a recovering attorney, which I think is fantastic. She has done ski instructing, whitewater kayaking, Um, And she was a sea kayaking tour guide around Big Sur, and her focus right now is on a sailing expedition that she has in the works. So, Kai, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me here. It's great to be on. Oh, you bet. Thank you very much for being our guest. So, you started out as an attorney, and then you felt the call of the wild to get out there and do all these adventure sports, and you've been transitioning into a new lifestyle based around that. How does that work? When I was 19, my sweetie and I at the time bought a sailboat to live on because we couldn't afford rent. And we used to take that boat and sail all around the bay and the rivers and the creeks. And standing on that boat, the wind blowing in my hair and feeling the beads of the water um, against my skin, I felt completely alive, completely in tune with my surroundings. And after that, I went to law school. And um, I was always thinking about being on a sailboat and what I could do. And as a practicing attorney, one time I found myself at a cocktail party and talking to somebody who raced sailboats, and they invited me to go racing with them. And so for a long time, I worked a lot during the week, and on the weekends I went sailing or um, I went kayaking or uh, skiing. And um, by the time I was in my late 20s, I decided that it was kind of now or never if I really wanted to see what it was like to do uh, sports full time. And so I became a ski instructor at Squaw during the winters. And then during the summers, I would work down in Monterey as a sea kayak guide and instructing um, sea kayaking. And um, I did that for a while until I felt like my back was groaning under the weight of the sea kayaks, and I went back to law again, but I've always kind of dabbled back and forth between the two. Well, that's neat. I think a lot of our listeners understand that whole uh, dilemma. People that love adventure sports would like to make a career out of it, but it's not always easy to do. And being able to transition or even balance the professional career with the adventure sports is uh, something that I think a lot of people are striving after. you have any advice for us? on how to make that happen. I think the biggest piece of advice I have is to kind of remember the possibilities are always out there and um, and to go after them. That the pile and stacks on your desk will still be there Monday morning after you have a great weekend outside. Mm, so... <laughs> 
give yourself a break. Give yourself a break. And, um, and we, we never get to the bottom of our to-do list. And I think, um, when I stop, when I put my to-do list aside and go out in the woods for a run or do something that really takes care of myself, I have, um, I'm able to focus a lot more. Well, you mentioned that you had a fund that you had been saving up and it was a fund that was going to take you around the world on some amazing adventures. And when you got to the point that your fund was big enough, then you took off. Things didn't necessarily go as planned, but the adventure came anyway. Tell us that story. <laughs> um, so I was working in California as an attorney for um, a small healthcare firm, and I um, would get these bonuses for deals closed, and, and I would just keep tuck them aside and save my money and live as simply as I could. And I packed my pickup with kayaks and climbing gear and set off toward Maryland, where my parents live, and I was going to park my car, go to the airport, and fly to India. Well, when I got to Western Maryland, I ended up in a town called Friendsville. It's a kayaking town with a great 10-mile class 4 kayaking run on it, and um, fell into a super community of, of, um, of people, and ended up getting eddied out and spending the summer there and falling in love. And two years later, I had my son, Tobin Creek. So I never made it to India, but I went on the biggest adventure of all, and that's becoming a parent. Oh, that's fun. And we're going to come back to Tobin in a minute because he's a key part of your plans in the near future. So we'll get back to Tobin and what you're going to be doing with him. Why would you encourage people to try adventure sports, and I'm going to lock you down on just one. Let's go to sailing. So you loved sailing, you said, before you went to law school, and you've had it as a part of your life ever since. What would you tell people the benefits of sailing are? When you get out on the water, everything else falls away. You forget about the life and person and identity you have on land and become incredibly present in the moment. Sailing requires that you're so focused on where the wind's coming from and the angle of your boat and looking at the water and seeing if any squalls or weather is developing. And being that attuned to an, your environment makes you part of it. Wow. You know, it takes a lot for some people to get to living in the moment. And it, you know, it's one of the keys to, to, to peace and joy is to be able to say, you know what, I got all this stuff on the periphery that's pressuring me to do this or pressuring me to do that or these expectations or this I got to get done. But if you just stop and say, how am I right now, right mm -hmm. now, this moment, then suddenly things get really simple and clear and peaceful, I think. And I think it takes a lot for a lot of people to uh, step outside of themselves long enough to get there. And so you're saying that sailing was a, a great way for you to do that. Yeah, and not only to do that, but to connect with people. Because when you meet other people um, sailing, they really open up. And um, there's a, an element of connecting and honesty and being part of a team that creates really strong bonds. Isn't it funny how when we do the things that we love and we find something that, that we can kind of focus our energy on, other people with similar interests crawl out of the woodwork almost and the sense of community develops. That's hard to do in the corporate office. It's hard to do as an attorney, huh? Absolutely. And I also find that I 
I connect with people that I would have never guessed I would have had anything in common with. You know, when I was 19 sailing, I would meet people who were retired and we would fall into easy conversations about the day and the weather and what our plans were and the next port that they were going to. Um, and, and that's a part of sailing I like is that despite how old you are or how young you are, you have plenty to talk about. Well, can you pull out a day, a memory of when you went sailing that really impacted you and hooked you on the sport? And can you take us there? I'll do my best. Um, yeah. So when I was um, sailing in the Southeast one day, we um, had been sailing in light rain all day and light rain means not a whole lot of wind. And so we were um, doing the best to kind of getting some speed by pulling the sails in pretty tight. But it was one of those days you kind of slog through and, um, we found a great place to anchor in a creek and we had the anchor in and we tugged against it to make sure it was secure. We were about to go down and cook dinner and the rain let up and I turned around and there was a rainbow that was forming in the sky behind us. And I just stood there looking at it. And over the next 10 minutes, it intensified and became brighter and brighter. And it was a full rainbow with a second rainbow behind it echoing it. And it was just uh, amazing how it lit up the whole creek. And um, after that, that was the part of the day that I remember, not the rain, not the grayness, not the slow sailing, but the light at the end of the day in the place that sailing had taken us. And we we cooked a dinner um, and ate out in the cockpit. And it got dark. And before going to bed, I peed off the side of the boat and I looked down and there were thousands of flecks of fluorescent in the water. And it was bioluminescence. Mm. And I had never seen that in the Southeast. And we um, went swimming in it. And every stroke, there'd be hundreds of um, plankton that would light up around us, around every stroke. And it was just amazing, the sense of being alive and being in the water and being right there in that moment. Isn't that something? Just the, the unexpected that comes sometimes when you are out in nature doing things. I took two of my sons on a hiking trip this weekend, and we ended up at a high mountain lake at about 12,000 feet. And we were sitting on the shore, and a gust of wind blew across the lake. And I can't even describe how it did it, but it appeared to be a living thing that was skating on the surface of the water instead of what wind normally does, creating waves and that sort of thing. It created a trail like a ferry was ice skating on the surface of the water. And it was fast, and it happened two times, and I've never seen it before in my entire life. And my son and I just looked at each other, and our mouths fell open because it was like, wow. I mean, that was straight out of Walt Disney, you know? <laughs> I guess the point is, I understand where the the ideas about magic come from, because nature throws a, a, a little bit of magic our way from time to time when we're out there. Absolutely. That's cool. I love your experience with a bioluminescence. That is amazing when that happens. And I didn't know it could happen in those waters. I thought you had to be farther south. Well, I've only experienced it in um, off the Pacific. So I've never experienced it in warm water. So I've never been able to swim in it and be part of it. So that was really cool. Oh, neat. How fun is that? I tell you, that's a great reason to take up sailing, just to be out there and to experience things like that rainbow and like the bioluminescence and swimming in the dark and meals on board. And I, you got me hooked. That works. <laughs> well, how about a story about a time that things didn't go right? How did you manage and what advice would you have for our listeners? 
when uh, when I bought my first sailboat when I was 19 with my um, boyfriend at the time, we it, we bought a boat that had hadn't been in the water for for a few years, and it was in bad bad shape. The paint was peeling, and um, we spent about six months sanding it down and painting it and getting it ready. And then we had a crane lift it up and put it on the water. And, um, and the motor worked and we were motoring outside of the Harbor and we were so excited. We were dancing up and down that our boat floated because we didn't know it floated at that point, (laughs) but we neglected to look at our nautical charts. And so we (laughs) went right in the middle of the Harbor that happened to be a sandbar. So we got grounded and we needed the Coast Guard to come get us unstuck. Oh no. First hour out (laughs) at sea. (laughs) (laughs) So what did you learn from that one? Really how aware you need to be always when you're sailing. You really cannot take your eyes off of the, the nautical chart and the depth finder, and you have to be looking around you. And as, as fun as it can be to be out there and as relaxed as you might feel, um, you can't let your guard down. So I'm just out of curiosity. Do you think that the day would have been as memorable had you not hit the sandbar? <laughs> well, we were pretty excited that our boat was floating. We might have sailed a little further, but yeah, it makes for a good memory. I find that uh, real life is always a mix. You know, there's the elation and then there's the hard stuff and it all kind of mixes together. And somehow it's a balance that life is supposed to have, I think. Right. Very cool. Now let's talk about your current life. You are a blogger. You write articles for various magazines. You uh, are working on a book, and you also are working on a Kickstarter campaign. So tell us what you're up to with that stuff. Absolutely. Um, and, and I'll tell you a little bit about how I got started writing. Like a lot of uh, lawyers, um, I'd always wanted to write, and um, it was something that was always in my head. But I really carved out the time to make it happen. And when I had Tobin, we um, started going outside in really small ways, and we wouldn't go very far. And it would take us quite a while to explore places. But I found that as we moved um, slower, that I was really starting to think about things and turn them over my head and really ponder in ways I hadn't done when I was doing more exciting sports. And so I started writing about it and um, for the first time submitted articles to, um, to magazines and to blogs. And that's how I really got started writing was exploring the world with Tobin. Um, and I write for um, a magazine in the Southeast that covers adventure sports and sometimes with Tobin and sometimes things I do without him. And ever since um, I was 19 and first sailed, I always thought if I ever have kids, I want to take them out to experience the water like this. And Tobin is turning four at the end of October kindergarten looms on the horizon. And I realized like we have the most flexibility now that we're going to have for a while. And um, I've put together a sailing journey in um, 2016, leaving from Tortola and sailing around the islands with Tobin. For 20 years, Bent Gate Mountaineering has been outfitting climbers, skiers, backpackers, and outdoor enthusiasts with the gear they need 
Whether climbing an 8,000-meter peak or buying your first backcountry ski setup, Bentgate is here to help. Bentgate is continuing to offer free BC 101 sessions this winter, teaching backcountry ski boot and binding setup, avi safety and beacon practice, clothing systems, and tips and tricks to make your days more enjoyable. If you don't own the gear, Bentgate offers a full range of rental and demo equipment. Bentgate also has free demo ski days at local resorts to give you a chance for hands-on experience. Be sure to check Bentgate.com for our full product selection as well as updates on all these events. Winter is just around the corner. Do you have the outdoor performance wear that you need? Shed the layers and keep the warmth with Sport Hill Performance running, skiing, and outdoor apparel. Sport Hill gear is worn by Olympic champions and elite athletes. Independently owned since 1985, Sport Hill is passionate about clothing for the sports you love. more detail about that so you're planning an extended sailing trip an expedition with Tobin and this is in the Virgin Islands yeah yeah um one of my good friends was um went went down to the islands last year and lived there and sailed there and I went down with her or went down to visit her and um while I was down there one of the things that came up quite a bit were um were coming across or going by schools and being told that the school was a dangerous place and not seeing kids from the islands in the water or hanging out at the beaches. And I asked my friend about that. And, um, and it turns out that a lot of the local kids on St. Thomas are afraid of the water or don't know how to swim and haven't had the opportunities to get to know the water. And so part of this is about connecting the kids who live on the islands with their own watery backyards. Um, and when I was a sea kite guide in Monterey, we used to take kids who had grown up their whole lives a few miles from the Pacific and had never been on it into the water and kayaking for the first time. So I knew that it was possible to get kids kayaking. And I kayaked the, uh, contacted some of the local outfitters on St. Thomas and they were incredibly excited. They were even willing to cancel some of their cruise tours for the day, the cruise boats that come in and they take like 200 people on a day to set those aside. And they discounted their rates by half in order to get some local kids out kayaking and experience the water there. Wow, that's fascinating. You would think growing up on St. Thomas that, you know, every kid would just be a fish. (laughs) But what you're saying is that that's not the case. No, um, a lot of kids there have never had the opportunities to kind of experience some of the, 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 uh, the uh, tour operations and the things going on there that um, as visitors we kind of take for granted. And um, they either just don't haven't been exposed to learning how to swim or um, they don't live in close enough proximity to get on the water, um, but it's not part of their day-to-day routine. So you're not just going on a, a, a cruise around the Virgin Islands. You're there for a purpose. You're also tying another... Um or maybe even more than one, but you're doing some scientific data sampling at the same time. 
We'll be collecting water samples that we'll be sending back to a lab in Maine to study for their microplastic content. And we're hoping that maybe when we take kids out kayaking, they might be able to participate in the water sampling so that they can kind of tie some of the things that they hear about the water quality with with an experience that they get to partake in. Um, But we're hoping to create an awareness about our own habits on the boat and what, um, what we might do that we don't, we're not even aware of that might hurt the coral reefs and the water quality there. Um, and so a big part of this is being able to expose my son to the world in the way that I want to appreciate it. And that's as an environmental steward and giving something back. Cool. So what exactly are you looking for in the water? What is the concern, I guess? Um, so we've all heard about the plastic bags and the, the plastic rings that get into the water and they suffocate turtles and um, harm the waterways and get caught up in, in nets. But beyond the big pieces of plastic, recent studies are um, showing that there are pieces of plastic that are so small that they're invisible to the naked eye. But under our microscope, there are hundreds of these tiny pieces of plastic. And when animals consume them, they become lethal to them and they, they can affect their, um, their vitality and their fertility. And we as humans consume them when we eat certain kinds of seafood as well. And so the water is becoming toxic in ways that we can't even see. So is this something that's fairly new or is this uh, something that's been known for a long time? It's absolutely a relatively new thing, particularly the source of where the microplastics um, come from and how they enter the water, the waterways. And um, and recent theories have it that some of uh, synthetic clothing release these pieces of plastic um, while they're being laundered and then go into the storm drains and into the waterways. And other uh, products that contain pieces of plastic that we would never consider uh, might have them are toothpaste and makeup for women and even some sunscreens. And so we'll be learning as we go how to be consumers that take care of the water in terms of thinking about what we're putting on our faces and what we're putting into the water. So you're uh, creating this into an expedition with purpose, and now you've tied a Kickstarter campaign into that. Um, Tell us a little bit about the Kickstarter. So we have a, a Kickstarter campaign that is um, going until November 4th, and that's um, helping to raise the funds that will allow us to set sail. And we're raising funds for everything from renting the kayaks um, to um, to covering some of the cost of sailing itself and, um, and being out at sea for 28 days. And um, we, have a, we have a Kickstarter um, rewards that allow people to participate at all sorts of levels and be connected to the project. We'll be writing about it and posting video updates and taking photos so that people can come along for our journey and um, and see how it evolves. Oh, that's really cool. I love the way that you're uh, making this trip into something that benefits the, the kids on St. Thomas who haven't been exposed to the water, get them inspired with their natural environment. I think that goes a long way toward um, taking care of the planet and the people on it. And then to bring awareness to this microplastic issue, um, I was unaware that there was even a concern about this. You just educated me. And so I like what you're doing with that. That's really cool. Thank you. So you're also working on a book. What's that about? 
Yeah, I'm working on a book um, called Flow, and I've been writing it for about four years and in the final editing process right now. And um, it's it's about um, leaving corporate law for the last time and saving up a fund and going off on an adventure and finding a very different life than I ever thought was possible. Oh, that's cool. Well, we can look forward to the book. Do you have any idea when it may come out? No, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> do you uh, do you have plans to self-publish, or are you looking for a publisher? I'm looking for a publisher, but kind of one thing at a time. Um, first, we'll probably go sailing, and it'll be something I work on when we get back and after I write about this. But I, I didn't want this time to pass when my son was young and being able to um, get outside with him and do something that was really formative. Well, cool. Let's talk a little bit about Tobin. You're going to be sailing with Tobin. Now, is it just you and him on the boat? No, we have various um, crew members who will be coming along at different part, uh, parts of the um, parts of our sailing um, to help us out, either with the sailing itself or photography or some people who are particularly fascinated by the scientific process of it. But we'll be the only two people doing it the entire time. Um, and... Tobin, for a four-year-old, is incredibly comfortable in the outdoors. We've been going outside since he was an infant. We've been camping, and um, we've done overnighters on the rivers, canoeing by ourselves. Um, But that said, it wouldn't be safe for the two of us to go by ourselves. Cool. So are you concerned at all, or do you have any advice for parents who would like to take young children boating? What kind of special considerations are there for that? Well, we've started um, swim lessons for a while now to so that he's comfortable in the water and also has an awareness for not just diving in or jumping in. And so that um, we've kind of started out really, really small. And I would say anything you're thinking about doing, cut it in half for the first time and make it fun um, and, and um, bring along plenty of snacks. <laughs> you know, for our listeners, those of you who are new may not have heard the podcast we did with Bruno Lutz, who gave some amazing advice on how to get very young children involved in adventure sports and how to raise kids doing sports with them, spending the time with them. Kai, I've got to congratulate you because prioritizing that time with your children is so important for them, and it brings so much richness into life. And so I think it's fantastic what you're doing, taking the time out of regular life to have a special time with Tobin and to build those memories, that's more valuable than anything else you could be doing right now, I'm sure. So Kai, putting together um, this expedition is no small thing. And all the organizational skills that are necessary to get everything coordinated, how are you pulling that off? A lot of the skills I have as an attorney are really helpful right now. Um, Everything I've done with community outreach and connecting different groups of people together have come into play. Um, we've connected with local schools and youth groups to coordinate when the kids will be in school and when they might be able to get out of school to go on field trips and get on the water. And we've also been talking to the local kayaking outfitters to find out when they might have a good time to take kids out, giving them some incentive, some um, uh, coverage in the, the local newspapers. And I think often as a professional, I kind of overlooked all the things I had to offer to the outdoors and how I could help um, when I went places and putting this together kind of has highlighted how useful it is to be able to coordinate logistics and talk to different people and um, balance many different things at one time. 
You know what? I think there might be a career path for you there, too. Thanks. <laughs> well, I want to go back to the single mom thing, too. It's not easy being a single parent and raising a kid. And I think a lot of people find themselves just really torn between their work and their family and their commitments. Somehow you're managing to not only do it, but to introduce some life dreams into this. you have any advice or or uh, tips for single parents out there who have big dreams and, and want to figure out how to make it happen? For me, really focusing on the story I want my son to be able to tell about about um, about us and our family has helped guide me and how I think about parenting. And there have definitely been times when it's been really hard and difficult and I felt isolated and alone. And then I've remembered to reframe how I look at things. Um, instead of looking at a family as being insular and one person um, to kind of help get us outside or carry off epic adventures, kind of looking to the community as a whole. And I have been amazed that all of our needs are always met by someone who comes along at the right moment. We were doing this um, overnighter on a remote uh, wilderness river on class two water in a, in a aluminum canoe. And um, I had gotten a ride to, for us to go put in, but in our, car, our pickup was at the takeout, but there was about a half mile carry out. And I had no plan for how I was going to get a toddler in an aluminum canoe and all of our gear from the takeout back to the car. But I thought it's going to work itself out. And that Sunday morning, we paddled back to the bank and it was around 11 a.m. And there was um, a teenager son and his dad and they were fly fishing. And they walked over to us and we talked about the river and they offered to help. And um, I couldn't believe it. The 15-year-old offered first. And he and I carried the canoe up, and we were putting it on top of the roof and strapping it down when his dad came up carrying our sleeping gear. And then the boy ran off, and I was talking to his dad and offered him some water and a snack. And um, he told me how great it was to see other people getting their kids outside. And his son came running back up with the rest of our gear and I said, thank you. And I offered to pay them some money for all their help. And um, he looked at me and he said, you know, we love helping out other outdoor men. And then he said, oh, um, and women too. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yes. I, I think sometimes um, we, we kind of forget that people really are excited to see other people and their kids getting outside too, and that people will help you. And so you don't need to have it completely figured out how you're going to make it work, but um, hanging on to what you want to do and getting out there and letting the hows kind of resolve themselves once you're out there. Outdoor Pursuits is the adventure hub of Fort Lewis College. This comprehensive collegiate outdoor program not only offers an extensive outdoor equipment co-op that provides everything from tents to kayaks and ski gear to mountain bikes, but also offers a varied trip calendar that includes both instructional and recreational outings, from climbing some of the world's highest peaks to enjoying Durango's amazing hiking and mountain biking trails. Our experienced and friendly staff are always up for an adventure and are a great resource for those planning their own outings. 
Visit the Fort Lewis College website for more information on what Outdoor Pursuits is all about. And remember, adventure is not in the guidebook and beauty is not on the map. Never run out of camp stove fuel again. The 180 stove is a natural fuel stove that eliminates the need to carry heavy, bulky fuel canisters. With a generous 6-inch by 7-inch cooking surface, it folds away into a clean, compact, self-forming case that is small enough to fit inside your pocket. At only 10.4 ounces, the additional weight and space savings allows for other important items in your pack. Get more information at 180TAC.com and look for it in retailers near you as well as online. have a question that I think is really going to be impactful for some people. I know that a lot of moms, single or otherwise, have a very strong protective instinct about caring for their children. They, they feel the weight of the responsibility for making sure that the children are safe and nourished and, and cared for and educated and all those things. I think some people struggle with fear a little bit. What if something goes wrong? You know, if I take my son out, I mean, here you are, a single mom going on a multi-day canoeing trip, not even sure how it's all going to turn out. How do you overcome those challenges? I I think for me, I um, I view parenting as um, an opportunity to pass down to our kids the most important parts of ourselves. And for me, that's being connected to the outside world. And I view crossing the street or getting back and forth to daycare or going to the store way uh more full of hazards, um, than, than being outside. And, um, and yeah, we've had some tough times. He's gotten bug bites and he's gotten muddy and he's gotten dirty and he's been uncomfortable, but I also think he's developed a lot of confidence that he can handle what comes his way and seeing, seeing that and seeing, um, him point out to me the, um, flowers blooming or the moon in the, up in the sky and feeling so present and connected with the outside world is really cool as a parent. Wow, that's cool. Well, I would encourage all parents, single moms or otherwise, you know, it is kind of scary to step out the door sometimes, but it's worth it. Take your kids out and have experiences. I, I've probably related this before, but I've been a downhill skier for many years, and it's one of my favorite sports, but I never enjoyed skiing as much as when I had the opportunity to teach my own kids how to ski. The fun and the joy of experiencing it through their eyes with them the first time. Not only was it fun skiing with them, but the connections that we make on the slopes. You know, just dad and the kids having a great time. It, mm-hmm. You know, I, it's just so important to get kids out there, introduce them to nature, and to introduce them to the things you love. I like the way you said that. Because what you love and you're passionate about, you're enthusiastic about, and and that's contagious. And I think that's great for the kids to get to experience you doing something that you love to do and then learn to love it themselves as well. Awesome. Good for you. Thank you. So if a rich uncle suddenly appeared and said, I'm going to give you an all-expense-paid adventure up to a month long, what would you do? Now, we already talked about this um, sailing 
adventure that you're already working on. It could be that, but do you have another adventure in mind? If money were no object. Honestly, we would be doing exactly what we're doing. Um, I think if time were no object, we might be going further and longer. But um, the area that we're starting off sailing together is entirely appropriate and safe. The water's warm. The winds are fairly predictable. The islands are all within sight, so we can keep the sailing time to like two to three hours a day, so very kid-friendly amount of time under sail. Um, And it's very accessible in a lot of ways. So I think we would be doing exactly what we're doing, and that feels like a pretty good answer um, to think that I'm already leading the life that that I would would want to lead. Um, If time were no object, I would love to continue sailing with him for, for in a longer amount of time and be able to continue, kind of develop our sailing sk- skills together and go further south and explore more of the Caribbean together. Nice. You know, that could happen. You never know <laughs> what's going to happen. That's what happens. What is it, to quote Tolkien a little bit here, I don't know the exact quote, but something about stepping out your front door and never knowing what's going to happen when you do. Right. Once you get started, (laughs) that's a cool dream. I love it. So you've got a lot going on as a single mom, as an author, developing this adventure sport career and lifestyle. What inspires you, gets you out of bed in the mornings and keeps you going? Honestly, Tobin, uh, ever since he was born and I was pregnant, I remember feeling the sense of responsibility of wanting to do right by him, wanting to provide him with the most important opportunities and um, and to give him an example of what it means to live a full and um, exciting life. And so, yeah, he motivates me more than anyone or anything else is to give him a really strong example and to fill his life with possibility. Well, cool. And it sounds like a lot of your blogs are related around adventures with children too. Absolutely. When, um, when Tobin was born, uh, one of my friends came up with the motto of BTW and it was bring Tobin with. And that was kind of what we did. You know, anything that was going on, it was like, how can we bring Tobin with us? And so one day, um, it snowed a lot and everybody was going cross country skiing up Roan Mountain. It's about a three, three mile uphill ascent. And, um, I didn't know how to bring Tobin with me at first. And then I looked at a whitewater kayak and I was like, oh, I could put a thermorest in there and put him in a sleeping bag and bundle him up. And then I used a kayak strap to make a harness and we took turns pulling him up the mountain and we got to the top and there was an overlook and people were like, who brought the baby up here? (laughs) That's cool. Well, if people want to read more about your blogs and your articles, um, how can they get in touch with that? I have a website that is kydelaney.com and, um, and we also have a lot of information about the Kickstarter and, uh, it's under Pirate Mama. Pirate Mama? That's the Kickstarter? That's the Kickstarter and that has a lot of information about our sailing and we'll be updating where we'll be blogging and how to follow our route on the Kickstarter and the people that we connect with, um, from there. And so, reaching out to us and letting us know your own experiences or inspiration or that you want to be part of the community and follow our blog um, through that. And then we'll stay connected as we go. 
Okay, this sounds good. So KaiDelaney.com is K-Y-D-E-L-A-N-E-Y.com. Is that right? That's right. And that's my website. And then um, if you go to the Kickstarter and type in Pirate Mama, you'll get information about our um, upcoming sailing and be able to um, follow along on their blog and where we'll be um, blogging and updating our route. You know what? I want to encourage single parents especially out there to get connected to what Kai is doing with Tobin because it can be an inspiration for you. You'll get tips and tricks and ideas from watching their experience. So go to Kickstarter and become a part of it. So what are the various levels on the Kickstarter? I know that when people donate, you get stuff as a thank you in return. Absolutely. And, you know, anything that people um, give us, we're so incredibly grateful for. And for $5, we'll send you a photo sometime while we're down there straight to your inbox, and you can kind of vicariously see what we're up to for the day. For $15, we'll send you a postcard. Um, We're coming up with um, a new logo for a T-shirt, and we have different note cards and photo and um, narratives about the whole month that are part of the reward system, and it's all detailed on that Kickstarter. I love it. I love the inspiration that you're offering people. I like it that you are um, going to be helping the, the local kids get water skills and connect to nature in that way. And I also love it that you're looking out for the environment with your sampling for the microplastics. But I think that maybe one of the bigger benefits is going to be that when people become a part of your expedition, then they get to learn how to pull it off themselves and they will be inspired to take their own kids and go out and uh, do things with them on this level. I think that that is also a very valuable part of it. Absolutely. And a big part of um, what I like blogging about is being really real with readers about the ups and the downs and the things that we didn't anticipate at all, um, both good and bad. And I think that that helps other people have confidence that they can handle whatever happens um, when they go outside and take their kids along. And I think... um, kind of seeing organically how it has unfolded for us will inspire others that you don't need to have it all mapped out from the beginning. The important part is to get started and um, to start planning something, and then it'll all evolve in, in a different way than you could have ever predicted from the start. Neat. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Kickstarter, for those who may not know, um, it's a a crowdsourcing. It's a way to get funding for projects that you're working on, and it's used a lot by artists and authors and inventors and people that are trying to start new companies and things like that. But Kickstarter has a, uh, a restriction that you either make your goal and get funding, or you don't make your goal and it doesn't fund. So how are you doing on making your goals right now? So we are over halfway there, and we still have about halfway to go. We're at 57%, and um, we have over 90 backers. So we're really excited about connecting with everybody and um, bringing them along and having them as part of this community that we're creating. Well, I want to say to our community, to the Adventure Sports Podcast community, I think it would be great for us to pull behind Kai on this one and go donate a little. Every little bit helps, but get involved in what she's doing. And uh, another way that you can help, which is just massive and huge and free for you, is to just pass the word along to other people. Say, why not? Let's uh, let's make this happen for Kai and for Tobin and for the kids on St. Thomas and for the environment. 
Thank you. And we also love hearing, um, hearing from you. We have heard so many inspiring stories. I've, um, had kids who have been raised by single parents connect with me and send me emails and say, this is so cool. It makes me think about what my mom or my, my dad did for me when I was little. Um, and I've heard from other parents who are inspired by it. And for us, that's so motivating and, um, so incredibly powerful to connect in that way. Right on. Well, everyone out there, thanks in advance for doing this. You know, you go to Kickstarter, it's going to take you three minutes to connect with Kai there and to become a part of um, this project. And I think it's just awesome. And Kai, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you, Kurt. And to all of our listeners out there, until the next show, get out there and have some fun. Hey, come be a guest on our show. All you need to do is go to adventuresportspodcast.com and click the Contact Us button. 